Kathy was just reminded we have diplomatic immunity because of the blood. Amen? Amen. When, when you're a diplomat in another country, you've got diplomatic immunity. In our country, you've got diplomatic immunity. It's amazing, Amen. right? Come on, we're not subject to the same laws of the place we're in. We're subject to the laws of heaven. I'm going to find out more about our identity this morning, which will help you. Because you know what? If you renew your mind to the Word of God, it changes how you think, how you believe, how you view circumstances and situations, right? Do you know that kings and princes, they look at, they look at situations that are happening around them differently than the people that are just in the streets, right? Don't they? Right? Because they have a different authority. They have a different position. Is that true? We have a different authority. We have a different position. We look at things from the position of seated with Christ in heavenly places. Right? So we're not subject to the same things. Even though there's stuff going on around us, we are protected. We are guarded. We are kept by the words of our mouth, by the thoughts and intents of our heart, by the word of God. Amen? By the blood of Jesus. Right? And it doesn't just happen to you because you're born again. It happens to those that are living in, talking, and believing by faith. Amen? Amen. Because if God could just impose his will on you at any, at any moment, right, we'd all be doing the perfect will of God every second of every day. But we have choice. Amen? So we either align ourselves with his word and what, what he said, or we look like the world. We walk and talk like the world. And he said in Ephesians, don't think like the world anymore. Don't act. Don't walk as the Gentiles walk, as you used to, like your old self. Right? But cast off those things. Put on the new creature that's in you. Absolutely. That's an effort. That takes some work. That takes some discipline. Amen? Mm-hmm. You see that? Thank you, Lord. So last week we spent uh, pretty much the entire time uh, talking about Psalm 91, talking about protections, talking about uh, that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. Did you know that? We're redeemed from the curse. The curse can no longer get on us and stick on us anymore. Because we're redeemed from the curse. And so we read through Psalm 91. If you haven't read through Psalm 91 recently, I encourage you to do so. It's a protection chapter in the Word of God. Amen? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Amen? So even though there's pestilence around us, right? And there's damage, there's stuff that's going on. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near, not my dwelling, amen? I saw a funny meme this week that somebody thought was comical, I did chuckle to myself, that uh, they showed Moses with a hyssop branch, you know, from the Old Testament where they applied the blood to the doorposts, and the, and the plague passed by their dwelling. But this fellow looked like Moses, but he had a uh, chicken finger in his hand with Chick-fil-A sauce, and he was applying it to his doorposts. It's not quite working the same that way. Chick-fil-A is not divine, although they're run by Christian folks. I just plead the blood. How about that? Just leave the Chick-fil-A sauce in your, in your belly. <laughs> Let's just plead the blood. We talked a little bit about voting our values last week. That's always a fun subject to broach. But uh, it's important that the church hears it. Amen? We've got to vote our values. We've got to see what is on the ticket and vote our values. And uh, not be distracted by uh, the flashing lights and the clanging cymbals. Because there's values that Christians hold dear. And we need to recognize what those are. And one of those is the sanctity of life. right? And just looking at basic human rights and, and morality is a big thing. But our constitution is not to go away. It was designed and created with some divine help. 
I'm not calling it the word because it's not. But it was created and designed with some divine help to help us get to where we are. And there are those that would like to change it so that it would fit their agenda. And that's not okay. Did you hear me? It's not okay. It served us well for a couple hundred years, right? And just because we think we're smarter doesn't mean we need to start changing stuff. We need to stay true to the word of God and true to morality. Don't be, don't be swayed or distracted you know, apart from that. Pay attention to what God's speaking to your heart. Pray about it, amen? And, uh, and I promise you, this, that we'll talk about this more. Um, just doing a little recap, but there's always, there's always issues that happen on either side of the aisle, right? We're not to vote party, we're to vote morality, right? We're to vote our, our values. Now, that being said, there is rarely, rarely preachers, <laughs> right, full-blown, full-on Christians that run for office in the highest of the land. It's, it's, it's not super common, right? So we have to pay attention to the Spirit of God and, t- and listen to what he says and who we should vote for because distractions come third third parties come in to try to pull votes away so that other parties win it happens all the time so pay attention to that god will tell you who to vote for whether you agree with everything that they say or do did you know that because he knows he knows who he can use and who he won't who will listen to him and who he was who will not do you hear me they don't have to be perfect but we have to listen to the voice of the Lord. Okay, so that, that's how we vote. And we pay attention, we pray about that stuff. Amen? So make sure you vote. Don't skip it because it in, you, know, you might have thought it was an evil that you can't control. I'm telling you, voting is a God-given right. There are countries that wish they had the rights that we have. So let's not be silent. Amen? Amen. Let's speak up. Let's, let's cast our vote. And uh, we'll give an account for that vote. Trust me. It is not... Uh, so simple that God won't bring it up. We'll give an account for what we do. Amen? Okay. Everybody okay? Still love me? All right. That depends, preacher. That's funny. We talked about um, Ephesians 4 last week, about not, not walking with the rest in darkness, in the darkness of their minds, right? But to be wise, pay attention. Look at the signs of the times. This is exactly what we were told it would look like, right? Where good is called evil and evil is called good, right? I mean, we're living in it. We're seeing it. But that just means Jesus is coming and he's close, right? And that means that we have a greater anointing in this season, in this time, to be uh, the lights unto darkness, right? To share our faith, to be bold about what we believe, to speak truth in the midst of a lot of people that don't know what truth is. Amen? So we should lift our head up and rejoice and be hopeful because our redemption draws near, right? And there's a greater impact that we have because we live in the last of the last days. It's good news. It's good news. So we can smile. We can hold our head up high. We can be disagreeable without being nasty about it, right? We can disagree with stuff without causing problems, right? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Speak the truth in love. If you can't say it in love, maybe you should just hold your tongue for a minute. Okay, that's kind of what we talked about last week. We're going to post that, um, maybe today. It'll be up so you can, if you weren't here and you want to listen back to last week, the Lord said a bunch of stuff. It was about this far on my notes at the top of the page, as far as I got, and the Lord just kept uh, bringing some extra stuff out. So I believe it was for us, and it was on purpose. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Okay, so um, 
We're going to step into more of the identity series, which we started two weeks ago. So I'll do a little bit of recap. But it's important that we recognize who we really are. Did you know that? Where you're born does make a difference. Right? In the natural, where you're born, they want to know that on your birth certificate. Where were you born? Did you know that? It's important. You know, we had some Texas folks around here, right? We had some uh, Washingtonians, some Idahoans, some Montanans. Yeah? They're around, right? So we got, we got a good mix of folks all around us, where we were born. But you know what? Jesus made a point of telling us that unless a man or woman be born again, they can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. So we've got to have our citizenship out of heaven. Because where you're born, that determines your citizenship. So this whole, this whole Bible from the Gospels on, these epistles, are instructing us. This is Paul, his revelation of righteousness, his revelation of our identity. This is what Jesus, the head of the church, revealed to Paul, the apostle, so that he could write two-thirds of the New Testament. He revealed to him who we really are. What really changed on the inside? What do we really look like? What is our now true identity? And over and over again, we get to see Paul saying, come on, cast off those things that were before. That's your old man. That's your, that's your old creature. All things have become new. When you're reborn, when you're born again, right? When you're born squared, <laughs> when you're reborn, you are brand new. Now heaven is your home. The Bible says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You didn't do that. God did that for you in Christ. So it wouldn't be too far of a stretch to say Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, but now we are joint heirs with him. Jesus is our big brother too. We're in the family. And God loves you. Look at me. God loves you the same as he loves Jesus. There's an epiphany. He's not making distinction and differentiation. God loves you the same as he loves his son, Jesus, because you're adopted. That'll just change the way you view your whole world. He loves me that much? Yeah. You're not on a lower tier and a lower level. He made you sit together with Christ. (laughs) That's a position of authority. That's a position of recognition. Not because of what you did, but because we believed. Because we said, yes, I believe that. Now we approach everything differently. Because your identity is different. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Let's look at a few of those scriptures that we were in before. In John chapter 3. You guys doing okay? This will help you your whole life, I'm telling you. Watch this. This will help you your whole life. God is good. All the time. He never, he never, he's never short on goodness. He's the same. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) John chapter 3. I hear some papyrus turning in the back. Just don't don't lick your fingers to turn the page. Come on now. (laughs) Did you guys see that clip of the lady? Standing in front of the Washington Monument telling us to be careful to not touch our eyes and our nose and our mouth. And she licked her finger and turned the page of her notes. (laughs) 
That meme went up so fast. Oh, that was such a crack up. Maybe we should rethink. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And he's telling Nicodemus this, who's a searcher. He sees the miracles that Jesus did, and he's seeing in Scripture, and he comes to Jesus, and he's like, you have to be from God. You have to be. And Jesus said, unless a man be born again, he cannot. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus just scratches his head. He's like, what? How can, how can a man again enter his mother's womb? And he's like, no. This is spiritually speaking. right? The spirit's got to be born again. Born again. That's what happens when we make Jesus our Lord. This is why it's a mystery to the world. They don't understand Christianity. Do you know that? God reveals that to believers when they believe. When we by simple faith believe that I need a savior. Yeah? Then, then the revelation begins of who we are. That's where it begins. That's when we start to understand, right? God doesn't lay this all out to convince somebody this is what it looks like. He says, believe in Jesus. He's the savior of the world. He took your sins. He paid the price, right? And when we simple, simply by faith believe in Jesus, because it's easy to get born again. Do you know that? It's easy to give your life to Christ. He made that simple. Then the, then the walk starts. Then the growing up, then the coming out of infancy and out of babyhood begins to start of nurturing and developing, right? That's why we're here, aren't we? I mean, this isn't just social club. We're trying to learn and grow into a greater understanding, into the measure of the stature of the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can be everything that he created us to be. And that takes time and effort. That means we've got to put something on the inside and we've got to have revelation from the word of God that we understand we are new creatures in Christ. We have been born again. It is not the old man on the inside anymore. That person has been completely removed, changed, transformed. We are born again. Brand new creatures in Christ Jesus. That's our identity. Heaven's our home. Amen? So we can look at what the world freaks out at and go, hmm, I'm just going to choose not to participate in that. I'm not going to participate in the virus. I'll just pass. Right? I'll pass on all. I'm not going to participate in the flu. I'm going to pass. It's part of the curse. Adam and Eve weren't hacking and coughing and throwing up in the garden. They were healthy and whole, right? That was a, that was a blessing, right? When the fall came and sin entered the world, then there was a curse, and you used to be a part of that. But you can live differently now as a born-again believer, Right? So don't just roll over when you get a symptom or you get a suggestion that something might... Don't just roll over and take that. Fight it. Fight it. You have an antidote that comes from your home. Heaven is your home, right? There's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease there. But that's your home, right? You can partake from your home, from the resources of heaven. How do you do that? The word of God is our resource. Amen? But we've got to consciously and consistently go after, go after that and say, not me. I don't care what my symptoms are saying. I don't care what my body's telling me. This is what the word says. I read a story this week. Somebody posted their personal healing testimony. And I read it and I thought, 
you know what? She's, she's, she's seen some stuff from the word. Somebody got to her, told her about the word, told her about faith, told her about what comes out of your mouth matters, right? And she had some diagnoses that was not favorable, that was not good, right? And so she started the process of going to the doctors and following some treatment plans, and she did. She followed, and, and she was progressing and getting better, but then they found something else, and they found this growth. And this whole time, over months, everybody say months. Over months, she was speaking the word over herself. She says, no, greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, right? That's a past tense. That's, that's, that's when Jesus took the stripes, I'm healed. I'm walking in divine health and healing, right? The old has passed away. All things have become new. She began to speak this word and quote this word. And every time a report would come in she didn't like, she'd just rise right up in the face of it and say, nope, by faith, I'm healthy and whole in Jesus' name. This has no right to exist in my body. Come on, you don't deny the existence of what's going on. You deny its right to exist in your body. That's different. Do you see that? Come on, you've got to fight it and come against it. Don't just, don't just take, well, this is what the doctor said, and this is what's happening, and this is what I have. Don't say that. Right? Those are facts. Facts are subject to change. The truth is not. The truth is that I'm healed. The facts say this. The truth is I'm healthy and whole in Jesus' name. And that's not lying. That's agreeing with what God said about you. When you agree with God, you begin to put in motion things in your life to counteract, to work in you, to cause health and healing to come into your body. It matters what you say, and it matters what you think, and it matters what you believe. So she's been going through this for months. And she's been, she's been quoting the word, and she's still been following this regimen. The doctor's been giving this. She's doing this stuff. She's, she's doing these treatments. She's believing God. Come on, you can believe God right in the middle of taking some medicine and going to a doctor's appointment. You just keep believing God. But don't just rely on that. Don't just rely on the doctors. They are practicing medicine. Listen to the Spirit of God on the inside and continue to speak the word over your body. And I mean consistently. Amen. So she's in the doctor's appointment on this, on this uh, appointment, and they're going to do a biopsy of a growth in her thyroid. They, she, had, she had her thyroid removed, and there was now a growth where the thyroid was. And they were doing an ultrasound of it in the office, doctor and a nurse. And he, he begins the conversation with telling her, this doesn't look good. Awesome. Thank you. But she's like, under her breath, she's like, they're working on my throat, so I can't really talk. But under her breath, same thing she'd been quoting, same thing she'd believe in, thing, same thing she'd been speaking over her life, out of her spirit, into her body, into her mind, over and over, she began to say that on the inside. Say it. As best she could, in, in the lowest of whispers she could just, she began to say it. And the doctor says, well, we have a growth like we thought here in the, in the thyroid. And he's sweeping over, and he's looking at the monitor. And then he stops. And then he does it again. And he leans over to the nurse and he says, is that getting smaller? And the nurse nudges the doctor out of the way. Give me that. She takes the ultrasound, you know, nurses, right? Doctor. And she checks it. This thing disappears in front of their eyes. The doctor was so shook when he took a step back, he knocked the biopsy table over and had to stumble and catch the sample he had just taken so that it didn't slam on the floor. And he exited the room without saying anything. So she's sitting there, and the nurse exits with him. She's sitting there, and she's like, um, can I go? <laughs> so he comes outside, and the doctor's shaking. He's literally, physically, he's shaking. 
Because he's never seen this before. And she said, I hope your day goes just as good as that did the rest of the day. Be blessed. God bless. She had a miracle happen with a witness to watch it happen. That stuff doesn't just happen just because you want it to. It happens because she applied the word of God to her life and she was consistent about it and dogmatic about what she owned, what she possessed as a child of the living God. Come on, we're all to act this way. We're all to be bold about what we believe and quote the word over our lives and over our kids and over our houses. Come on, over your jobs. The word of God works and it works every time, but it takes a faithfulness and a commitment to it. Come on, if you could just quote one verse once a month and it just streamline everything come on we'd all be doing that that's easy it takes some effort to get this in your spirit right where you know it by heart because you've said it so many times if you don't know it by heart get it out and read it you read that a hundred times you're gonna have it memorized i'm telling you that's how our brains work repetition get it in makes a difference in our lives amen Don't roll over and take that stuff. That's not your identity anymore. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Amen? Amen. The word gets results. It never fails. It never fails. We can never err on the side of, well, maybe it just doesn't work for me. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. He wants you to think that you're alone, that you're a special case, that somehow, do you see this isolationism? That somehow you're different. (laughs) We're all dealing with stuff. Come on. And, and the word's working for some, right? And for others, they're saying, well, the word's not working for me. What's the truth? Is God a respecter of persons? No. Does he say yes to you and no to you? No. Yes, you can be saved. No, you can't. No. Yes, you can be healed. No, you can't. Come on, Jesus didn't do that. He's a direct representation of what our Father is. He said it. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's not turning people away. He brought the people that the religious people wanted to turn away. He said, no, come. Come We're all his kids. He loves us the same as he loves Jesus, his son, who gave himself for us. And that that means that everything's available to us that was available to him. See how this thinking can change? Come on, I want, I want this to penetrate your heart. I want it to get so deep inside of you that you can't get away from it. That every time something comes up, you're like, that's not what the word says. And I don't know exactly what it says, but I'm going to get my Bible out and I'm going to go find it because I'm going to quote that over my life because God is in me and I should not be putting up with this anymore. Come on, the history that was your parents and your parents' parents that's trying to get on you is not your history anymore. It's not your inheritance anymore. When you're born again, you have a new father. You've been refathered. Do you see that? And we can allow stuff to stay in our bodies. You can. You can allow hereditary and genetic stuff to keep messing with you. You can't allow it. Or you can kick it out. Say, that's not me anymore. Greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. Come on, something on the inside, working on the outside. Don't tell me it doesn't work. We could talk testimonies all day long. 
seen some tremendous things. People, generations as far back as they can count, had heart disease and diabetes, are completely healthy and whole with a free bill of health in their 70s and 80s and going, <laughs> not me. Not me. That's not me anymore. Do you see how the world just gets us to just follow this cycle? Like, oh, if your parents had it, you're just... Might as well just mitigate the damage. No, I'm not going to mitigate anything. I'm just going to reject all of that curse. And I'm just going to walk in divine health and healing. Your whole life can change. Come on, your whole demeanor. Everything about you can change. Did you know that? For the positive. Following the word of God. You've already seen it. If you, if you, come on, you've... You think about it. You've already seen it in your life. You've seen God working already in these areas. When we open the door, we're new creatures. Thank you, Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That means right now, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. If he has reconciled us to himself, that means he has brought us back in. Where we were enemies of our creator because of our faith in Jesus Christ, he has reconciled us back to himself. That means you're welcome back in the house again. You're welcome to all the stuff again. All the resources you have access to because you've been reconciled to him. Do you know that? I've never had to be reconciled back to my parents, thankfully. Never caused a rift that I needed to be reconciled. But I'm telling you what, I got a key to the house. And I know where the chocolate stash is at my parents' house. <laughs> I, know, I know where the stuff is that I might want to need or might need or might want or might need to get my hands on, right? There's, there's old tools of my grandpa's that are just unique one-of-a-kind tools that when you need a one-of-a-kind tool, it's nice to know where to go to get it, right? And I don't have to ask. I can just show up. They haven't yet said, no, not today. Why don't you come back later, right? I can just show up because I know I'm a son and I know I'm welcome and I know I'm welcome to what's there. Do you see this? Come on, we do this in the natural. We need to do this in the spiritual and understand our father has reconciled us to himself. We don't have to come begging. He said, come to the throne boldly because of who you are. You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is your identity forever. We're not beggars anymore. We're not just trying to rend something from the hand of God. Like just, you know, my three-year-old, when she wants something out of your hand and you don't want to give it to her, right? She just starts one finger at a time. And you're like, stop it. It's hard not to laugh. Stop it. And she's one, you know? We get this picture that we're doing this with God. We're just one finger at a time. If we can just get that last finger off, we can sneak it away from him. No. <laughs> He's open-handed before us. That's right. This is all, all that is provided for you. Come and receive. Come to the table. Partake. Right? So the enemy's worked overtime on, on the church. He's working overtime in the world, too, to get people to think poorly about themselves. Amen. Have a poor self-image. <laughs> You know, in the church, it's that God's mad at you, that you can't ever measure up. Look at your past. Look what you did yesterday. Constantly reminding you. 
of how you can't measure up. And yet God, in his word, is telling us how we already measure up. Believing that way and seeing yourself the way God sees you will actually keep you from doing stupid stuff. Because sons and daughters act differently, right? Got to believe it. It's not pride to believe the word of God. It's humility. It's pride to see something in the word of God and say, "Mm -mm, I can't believe that. Because the truth is, it's not that you can't believe it. It's that you're saying, I won't believe it. Because God's not trustworthy. But he is trustworthy. And if he did say it about me, then I can believe it. And the faster I believe it and receive it into who I am, the quicker you begin to see things develop in your lives that God wants to have. No. Me too. There's some things I just hung on to for far too long. When I finally let it go, when I finally let him have it, when I finally agreed with what he said, doors just started opening. Things began to change. And it wasn't because I was waiting on him. He was waiting on me to agree with what he already said. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus was very aware of where he is from. Did you know that? We read a few of these scriptures. Let's read a few again. In John chapter 3, verse 13, Jesus said, And yet no one has ever gone up to heaven, but there is one who has come down from heaven, the Son of Man himself, who is in heaven and who dwells and has his home. Think about that. John, we're in 3. 13, he said, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. He was talking about himself. Heaven was still his home. Heaven's still our home. Sojourners, amen? Jesus knew where he was from. In chapter 8, verse 14, Jesus answered and said to them, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. He was constantly just throwing these little nuggets. He's, I know where I'm from and I know where I'm going. He wants us to think the same way. Where's your home? Come on, you might have been born in Toledo. But that's not your home. Come on, your real home, your birthplace as a born-again believer is heaven. And we're headed back there. Thank you, Lord. He said in chapter 8, verse 23 of John, he said, You are beneath and I am from above. You are from beneath and I am from above. You are from this world. I am not of this world. See, nobody had been born again yet. Jesus is still talking to people that had not been born again yet. He hadn't died yet. He hadn't been raised from the dead. He could honestly say that. Your, your, your birthplace as of now right, is, is from here, but not, not so with me. Because he was the firstborn among the dead. Amen? And he was raised to life. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said in John 18, verse 36, My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom, If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. He understood who he was. As a lamb, he came to the slaughter when he came the first time. When he comes the second, he's coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah to rule and reign. That's exciting, right? And then he comes with his army. Revelation talks about it, amen? But the first time he came as a lamb because he needed to be the sacrifice for the world. And he always knew where he was from. 
So turn to John chapter 16. You guys doing okay? I got a couple more minutes. Thank you, Lord. John chapter 17. Did I say 17 or 16? John chapter 17, 17, verse 16. Jesus is praying, and he says, they are not of the world. He's talking about his disciples. Let's go back to 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. For they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. They are not of the world, just as. Now that word, just as. That word, just as, means of the very same quality, to the very same degree, and in precisely the very same way. This is, this is what the Hebrew language does for us when it says what, one word. It gives us a phrase in English. Right, Because it's so rich with culture and heritage. When they say a word, they know what it means. He said, they are just as, they are just as I am not of the world. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Of the very same quality to the very same degree in precisely the same way. That's quite a declaration. Come on, that wasn't just the 12 disciples. Those were believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was speaking that over all those who would believe. Just as. That changes things, doesn't it? Let's keep reading. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. That's how you get sanctified. That's how you get changed. Sanctify is an old term word for setting them apart. We're not to look exactly like we were before and exactly like the world. There's something supposed to be different about us. And I'm telling you, it starts with this this thought, this concept, this mindset right here, that we are no longer the same person, that our identity no longer lies in who we were, but in who Christ is, our Heavenly Father. Then the world will be like, how come you're not freaked out? Because Jesus is in me, the hope of glory. His Spirit's alive on the inside of me. I'm different than I was before. I'm different. Amen? They are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them, set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. And as you, set me into the, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. See that? He said, I'm not praying just for these. I'm praying for all those that will believe in me through their word. Come on, just as our Savior. That's big. It takes, it takes a minute, doesn't it? Because we've been taught by religion, we've been taught by our surroundings to just be satisfied with your, with your state of life, with your, where you're at. You know, that's just you. That's just where you're at. You just gotta, just gotta make it work somehow. This is just what you were born into. Don't try to think bigger than your britches. Right? But God's like, no. No, you're my kid. You're my kid. Your identity is in me now. Your identity is in the Lord Jesus Christ now. Come on, I need you to think that way. Not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
your identity. Amen? Amen. Jesus said, I'm not just praying for these around me. I'm praying for all those. I'm praying for all those who will believe in me through their word. That verse 21, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. What? That the world may believe that you sent me. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say red letters. This is the Lord Jesus saying this. That they may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. You mean us being one with Christ and one with the Father? It's going to help the world believe that Jesus was sent for them? Yes, that's what he prayed. We cannot afford as believers to live low levels anymore. Did you know that? We can't, we can't afford it because the world is looking for something different. They're working, looking for people that know who they are in Christ Jesus, that can walk around with their head held high, not in a prideful way, but in humility agreeing with what God said already said about them. I... I didn't choose this status or position. I chose the Lord Jesus, and because of that faith, God put me in Christ Jesus. He made me a son in the kingdom. He gave me position. He made me his righteousness so that I can come before him without fear. Clean and whole. The world doesn't have this. They don't have peace in this. They have a fiery expectation that they will stand before someone and give an account. Whether they deny it or not, come on, creation speaks of a creator. The Bible says it. There are no people that are without excuse because of what he's done in the earth. Thank you, Lord. And he said that the world may believe that you sent me. Because what? Because we are one in together with the Lord Jesus and with the Father. Verse 22, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I and them, you and me, that we may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Come on, God loves you. He loves you just as he's loved Jesus. The same says it right there. Come on, say that with me. God loves me the same as he loves Jesus. That's amazing. Not because of what you did, because of what Jesus did, and you believed in Jesus. You've been made right. Now he loves you the same as he loves Jesus. He wants the whole world to know him, and he wants the whole world to know that. Right? But if we don't even believe it for ourselves, how do you, how do you transfer that message? Right? We got to believe it for ourselves. God loves me. Come on, that's the beginning. That's the beginning of this life of faith. God loves me. He loves me. You can't get away from it. Neither height nor depth nor any other created thing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Yeah? Thank you, Lord. Paul said in Philippians 3, verse 20, he said, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we so eagerly wait for the Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our citizenship. Changes things, doesn't it? Just knowing about it. Just knowing about it, it's not going to be a benefit unless you act on it. Right? Prince and the pauper. Remember that story? Twins separated at birth. One was the prince, one became the pauper. And then they, the pauper finds out that he's actually, oh, I actually have bloodline here. Oh, I actually have rights here. I actually have 
Come on now, it doesn't benefit you at all when you don't live like it, when you don't know it, when you don't act on it. It doesn't benefit you at all. You've got to step out and walk in it, amen? amen. The greater aware, awareness that we are of our origin, the greater awareness, or the greater the benefit is to us. Amen? Jesus wasn't limited by the natural because he knew where he was from, right? That's why he could, by faith, perform the miracle of turning the water into wine. Come on, that's a great miracle. By faith, multitude, some loaves and fish to feed 5,000 people. That's not fantasy. That actually happened, right? By faith, he could walk on water to the boat of his disciples who were struggling, that needed some help because he knew who was inside of them, right? He could speak to the winds and the waves and they would obey him because he knew what was on the inside of him, where his home was, what his citizenship was. He understood his authority. Come on, as believers, we've got to understand our authority, our position, our citizenship, where we're from. Then we can speak to things with authority. Did you know that? Things that directly affect you, concern you and your family and your job. You have authority there. You can speak the word over those things, and they will change. Yeah, but it won't happen unless you know where you're from, what your authority is. Come on, we're not going to be and usurp God. We're not going to take his place. We're not going to be like the enemy who says, I will lift myself up on the most high. We're not saying that out of pride. He said that out of pride. That promise was not made to an angel. That promise to be lifted up and seated with Christ was made by our Heavenly Father who sat us with Him on purpose. You see that? It's not, it's not pride. It's humility to agree with God. And it will change how you react and respond to everything around you. It truly will. Stuff comes up, it's like, mm, I'm going to choose not to participate in that mess. Right? I'm going to believe God and trust Him. Right? right? And I'm still going to wash my hands. Right? right? Come on now. Common sense and wisdom. Thank you, Lord. Everybody okay? Yeah. <clears throat> There's more to be said on this. But we have, to, we have more time. You guys coming back? Yeah. Is this anybody's last Sunday? No. If it is, I can go 40, 45 more minutes. No problem. Um. Uh, there's more to be said, and, and I think that it's good that we just get, we get what we need to hear, right? And we chew on it. Don't let this be the only time you chew on this, right? Take those notes and go back and see those scriptures again and let God work in your heart and your spirit so this gets on the inside of you, right? It, it takes a little bit of effort to put some things in you, right? When you got your new job, you had to do a little bit of study and you had to learn some things, right? It takes a little bit of effort. The same thing's true. You got to put some stuff in because your mind is still your mind, right? It's, it's still part of your soul. Amen? And you still got to work on some stuff, and you still got to make an effort, but the effort pays dividends when you put the Word of God in. Amen? So chew on this. Mull it over. The Bible says we meditate on the Word of God, right? And that meditation makes us like trees planted by rivers of living water. What, do you, what does that meditate word mean? It means that you're chewing on it, almost like a, a cow chews on its cud, right? You bring that back up in your mind, and you chew on that again. You think about that. You meditate on that. Man, that was interesting. I haven't heard it said that way before. Let me go look at the scripture again and read that and ingest it and digest it and get it. You know what I mean? That's that meditation. That meditation will make you like a tree planted by the rivers of living water who bears fruit in a season and your leaf does not wither. Do you see that? So chew on that. Will you do that for me? Let me pray for you.